This is only the beginning. We will prepare. We will grow stronger. When the time is right, we will emerge and take our rightful place as the supreme power of the Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another exciting episode of Power of Three Podcast. Three lifelong Doctor Who fans are we discussing, dissecting, and more than often digressing our way through the universe. And disagreeing. Oh, that's true, and disagreeing. (laughs) So yes, we are currently in the city of the Exelons as we have our latest episodes, but unfortunately due to budget cutbacks because we've got here, we've been reduced to the power of two. We've lost Tom Harris, who's been sentenced to some hard new labour on Caldor where he's got to work in a storm mine for a week to pay for our trip over here. So in the meantime you're left with me, Kenny Smith. And me David Steele, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Kenny, what are we going to be talking about today? Today we are going to be travelling through time and space with the 10th Doctor and his friends Anya Kingdom and Mark Seven as we have a look at three recent releases from Big Finish all related to Daleks, the Dalek universe. We're going to start chronologically with the first of the stories to be released, which was Queen of the Mechanoids, written by Jonathan Morris, featuring River Song, the Mechanoids, Mark Seven, and Anya Kingdom. And it sounds something like this. From Big Finish Productions, The Diary of River Song, Series 8. Why are we doing this? I thought you should learn about eternity. Because I'll live forever. Exactly. It's you. It's been five years since last I saw you. Yes. You've built your pyramid. Absolutely. Lock me in. I'll have your job for this. You're welcome to it. Do you know who I am? You've got to stop it. No, we don't interfere. But does it get better? It can't get worse than this, can it? Let's go find out. Rachel, we have to go. I'd like to stay and help the colonists. You, Rachel, would be more than welcome. How long is the journey? It will take about 500 years. This is the last time! Alert. Electromagnetic interference detected in zoological. Computer! I need an escape route! Now! We need to come with me. Why? Because we have come to adopt you. Tayno? Because you're not allowed. Oh, but that just makes it even more tempting. There are rules, River. Danger detected. Listen to your friend and shut up. River! This is a waste of time! Let her speak! Mayday! Mayday! Tempting as it is to pretend we didn't hear it, protocol must be A mission of mercy it is. City on stilts. Even the unstable terrain, a sensible precaution. It's fantastic, like a fairy tale palace. 120 mechanoids. Take us to your leader. Why, today arouse me from my sleep. System reactivate. You, you send us both over the... <laughs> Big finish. We love stories. 
Who let the dogs out? This was an interesting one as it was created during lockdown when River Song's planned eighth box set fell through and something else had to be created in its stead. So we have River and the Robots, which would be a fair subtext term for it. We were given River, Anya Kingdom and Mark Seven as the answer a distress call and then we find out who this Queen of the Mechanoids is and it is River Song. Yes. Now, I mean, I've, I've probably said in the past that I kind of, I can take or leave River Song sometimes. I think if it, Alan McWan likened it to Stockholm Syndrome, how I eventually became sort of used to her on TV and didn't mind her, I was actually quite pleased the last time she turned up. One thing that I'm really pleased about is what Big big Finish have made her bearable for me. You know, she's been, she was used so, so well in Doom Coalition. I really hope we talk about Doom Coalition at some point because it was just phenomenal. And we should probably say this is, there's going to be a lot of spoilers here. We're going to talk about probably some specific plot details, so if you haven't heard these stories yet, enter at your own risk. I'll just probably say that now. Yeah, I, I River, I take or leave her. I haven't listened to as many of the, the solo series, mainly because they were doing that horrible thing that, that grinds my gears these days of mainly appearing to be sequels to, to TV stories. I really did enjoy the first couple of series, the Diary of River song that were released. I mean, this one, it was really interesting. I mean, what I enjoyed most about this one, frankly, and I listened to this after hearing Dalit Universe and the, the Tom and Louise story. I just, the thing I liked most about it was getting a little bit more Mark Seven and a bit more Anya Kingdom. Yeah. Is that bad? Not at all. I think they're fantastic characters. I think the fact that we met Anya at the end of the recent Fourth Doctor Adventures run back in 2019, when we thought she was Anne Kelso, a lovely policewoman, and no... She's not. She is, in fact, a space security service agent. Yeah, I mean that that was done so so well. I remember I remember tweeting that I just finished it and was sort of sitting looking at my kitchen window, completely bummed out. <laughs> so I was so I was so invested in Anne Kelso. Nothing to do with the fact that I'm a huge Jane Slaven fan or anything. It's a lot of fun. They, Johnny talks obviously, and Johnny Morris wrote it talks in the bonus features about all the Terry Nationisms that he tried to bring in. Which was a lot of fun as well, you know, the, the the planet named after its, you know, its most obvious geographical sort of feature, and you know, having anagrams and stuff like that. Which so it was a lot of fun. I listened to it while I was doing something else, and I, I was grateful I didn't have to concentrate too much on it. It was a nice bit of fluff, and I think it worked very well as a an example of River's timey wimey existence. And you know, I like I like the stuff when they have her being an archaeologist and all that. It's nice to kind of get this sort of insight into life when she's not turning up and flirting with Matt Smith or whatever. But yeah, again, it was like it, it's it really made me think. I want a Mark Seven and Anya Kingdom series. That's what I want. Interesting. We'll come to that shortly. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I love the dynamic between River and Anya and Mark Seven. I particularly like the Mechanoids, I'm not going to lie. I think there's something really quirky about them. There's something so 60s about them. Mm. They're trying so hard to be new Daleks. They completely (laughs) fail on every level. They look great, but they don't have the vocabulary. They're just so clumsy. But there's something really endearing about them. Do you have the character options figure of them? I do, actually. Isn't it brilliant? No, I think about it. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare to dust. Yes. It's, it's up, actually, it's easier to dust than a Dalek. Easier to dust than a Dalek. <laughs> and they, they work so well in audio. Because <laughs> you just imagine the, the giant golf ball just sort of sat there. Yep. It was interesting. I mean, what were the other stories in this river box set? Because this is the only one I listened to, so I haven't experienced yeah. the other ones. The, is there not one with three different versions of K9 or something? Yes, well, there's more than three different oh versions of K9. There's a whole load of K9, and that's, that's really, really good fun okay. by... Alfie Shaw, right. and then the first two are sequels to the character Rachel, 
who appears, who's the robot girl who appears in the early River series, okay. where she's an android girl and has the world is stopped and she's left to carry on and River okay. finds her and retrieves her and, right, and yeah. here she shows her a bit of the universe. Right, ah, is, okay. And it, she's played by Salome Hertel, who is, of course, Alex Kingston's daughter. Ah. I really enjoyed it. I, th- I think, going back to the Queen of the Mechanoids, I think the fact there's different mechanoids in there, there's almost this ridiculous hierarchical structure. Yeah. Gold mechanoids yeah. compared to the standard ones because they're all being controlled by a mastermind who played brilliantly by Derek Griffiths. Yeah, I mean, Derek Griffiths completely unrecognisable. I mean, it wasn't until, obviously, the credit list at the end was read out that, that I was like, oh, wait a minute. Completely hadn't registered the fact that he was he was involved. I thought he was great. I mean, you're right. I mean, the gold mechanoids, I mean, made you sort of think of, you know, the, the new Paradigm Daleks. And you thought, let's get the mechanoids back and just do something like that. You know, have a bright red one, have some bright blue ones and just, yep. you know, do them as models or whatever, you know, and have them scooting about and have a couple of big ones for the, the shots where they have to talk to the Doctor or whatever, you know, it'd be great to see them on telly yep. again. They were obviously a part of the Daleks animated series, but we'll talk about that, obviously, when we do something about Time Lord Victorious. I also like the fact that Derek Griffiths' one is in a diamond-encrusted mechanoid. Yeah. You just think, it's so brilliant. Yeah. It's such a mad, mad, madman idea. What I like most about it, though, overall, was just how it really felt like an authentic, lost bit of 60s TV Doctor Who. I mean, if they had made the series starring Sarah Kingdom and Mark Seven back in the 60s, this would have been a, the sort of episode that we would have got. You know, completely imaginative, no budgetary restraints, you know what I mean? Everyone involved knows what they're doing. I love the scene at the start with Anya and Mark. They can't really be bothered <laughs> replying to this distress <laughs> signal because Anya wants to go and leave. And, you know, terrific. You know, And it really was so much fun. And as I've said already, it really made me think, let's have some more Anya and Mark because they work together so well. I think they've been cast brilliantly. Mm. I think the fact we've got Joe Sims who is, with, with his Bristolian accent, he's completely unrecognisable. I love the way he's playing it. He's playing it posh as a like yeah. robotic James Bond. Yeah, I mean, he's hilarious. We don't want to talk too much about the stuff that's... We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we can talk about the other stories as they come. But it's... You know, I remember sort of seeing that he was doing it, and I thought, oh, God, him? Really? The guy that was in Broadchurch? Like, in a big murdery guy? Oh, OK. But he's, <laughs> he's a revelation. He's hilarious. It's, it makes me think, it's like, in a way, it's like it's like a better version of Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. He's like crossing Data and James Bond, but with a much more of a sense of humour. But we'll talk about that, obviously, when we talk about Dalek Universe properly. Yeah. And he's a lovely fella, and you'll be able to read some chat with him in a forthcoming issue of Vortex. Oh, good. Good, good. The magazine from Big Finish, which you can find at www.bigfinish.com forward slash vortex. So that's the Queen of the Mechanoids. Let's move on to the next story in this range. I suppose it, is it the next story in the range? I suppose it's chronologically. Yes. The next chronological release in yes. Anya and Mark's life. Uh-huh. The Dalek Protocol. Dalek Protocol. And the trailer for that sounds something like this. Uh, Captain, might I advise an immediate long-range sweep on the external detectors? What's that? Oh, no. Dalek ships at extreme range. An attack force, closing fast. And we're sitting ducks. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Fourth Doctor Adventures, Dalek Universe, The Dalek Protocol. There, Leela. You see that little screen on the console? I see it. It lists all previously visited destinations alphabetically. So why not make your choice? Exelon. Exelon is downright deadly. Technology detected. 
once. A blasphemy against our great god and the city. Yes, Seven. What do you want? I've accumulated evidence to suggest a low but significant chance of an enemy incursion on this planet. I request a detachment of Marines for an investigation of the outlying area. What evidence? What is that sound? It's a beacon. Channeling power back to the Exelon City. If there is to be a war, then let it come. You really seek a war with the humans? They are here only to take from us. Just as the Daleks did all those years ago. Master. Okay, nine, which is right? Leela, watch out for that spear! Do not worry, the tip don't... is poisonous! <gasps> Obey the Dalek Protocol! Victory is assured! Victory! 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 Big finish. We love stories. What about these new prisoners? The Doctor and Leela. How do you know them? That's gonna be interesting. So the Dalek Protocol acts as a sort of sequel to a TV story and a horrible word that gets used all the time now as a prequel to the forthcoming Daylight Universe series, forthcoming at the time. I'm kind of kind of conflicted on this one, to be honest. The older I get, the less engaged I am with stories that seem to exist just to act as sequels to TV Doctor Who stories. But we all we all know that Mr. Briggs loves Death of the Daleks more than life itself, and it would happen eventually. And it was it was it was interesting. There was you know the ideas of a new beacon and all that sort of stuff, and the return of Bilal. You know, if, if, it was sure as night follows day, we were going to get that in a big finished story at some point. I also thought it was quite interesting that it took place. You know, in a timey-wimey sort of sense, as far as Anya was concerned, she'd had the experiences with the Doctor that she had in the 2019 series, but the Doctor hadn't met her yet. That was all handled quite well. I think I always feel these sort of things, you have to look at them as a bit of, of a filter. It's like, you know, for me it's often, it's sometimes too much of a leap to imagine, could this have gone out on, on the telly in 1977 or 1978? And I kind of felt it maybe was. I didn't think it's... If you wanted to do an authentic Graham Williams era story, it's not really the sort of thing they would have done because they didn't really do backwards looking continuity stuff at that point. It was all forward thinking situations and ideas, obviously based on Earth history but given a bit of a sci-fi twist. So that kind of inward looking continuity stuff I'm not a fan of. I didn't think it was too authentic. But as a story it was fine. It didn't annoy me, which is about all I can hope for more than anything else. <laughs> what did you think of it? But I think the whole background to it is quite interesting given that this was originally planned for the fourth Doctor Adventures further down the line. But then when lockdown came about it meant that the whole Dalek Universe series could be brought forward and they were able to develop that more fully and more quickly yeah, than planned. Yeah, because it wasn't obviously the original plan that this would be released as a sort of prologue to it all. You know, prologue, not prequel. That's, that's the proper word. So, I mean, it was a nice little curtain raiser. I mean, it was quite exciting having that released on the, the Monday or the Tuesday, whenever it was, and getting through that as quickly as possible and then to try and start Dalek Universe the next day. I actually went back and listened to the last few episodes of, of the, the 2019 Fourth Doctor series that introduced the Anne Kelso Anya Kingdom. And I was sort of listening to them. Was that there was a, there, again had similar sort of problems. There's a point in the the bonus features for the for that relevant Fourth Doctor series when one of the writers talks about wanting to fix a continuity error from the Dalek Master Plan as to how one of the alien delegates appeared differently between episodes. And I thought, you know, that's that's the tail wagging the dog, guys. It shouldn't be your priority, and especially when it's an audio and we're not going to be able to tell what the person looks like, you know. I'll get this off my chest quickly. I loved the 2019 series of Tom Baker Adventures because Tom was so good, because 
Jane is so good, they worked so well together, Tom getting to do sort of engagement level of acting, he never really got to do on telly, of pro- proper emotional sort of response to the situation and, and losing a friend and all that sort of stuff. But it was all built around the foundation of, oh, let's do a sequel to the Dalek Master Plan, which again is not something they would have done in 1977 or 1978. And there's points when you think, right, Tom is having to read out and explain all this continuity to do with a William Hartnell story. And it's that thing. We all know what it means if you're a Doctor Who, because we're Doctor Who fans. And I just, again, I, I don't think it's a good foundation. But anyway, getting back to the Dalek Protocol. Yes, I quite enjoyed the fact that it clarifies some things that weren't perhaps explicitly clear in Death of the Daleks, such as why the Daleks want perineum, because here we're finding out that they're actually being affected by the space plague as well. Yeah, that was really interesting, because at first you kind of get the sense on TV that they're just doing it to stop the humans having it in the first place, but it was a very interesting idea that the Daleks were also being affected by it, and you really got you really got the sense of scale of how many people were being affected. You know, it's very timely, obviously, with everyone with COVID and all that, you can't help but think about all that sort of stuff, but it was really interesting when they all talked about the billions of lives that were at risk, mm-hmm. you think, gosh. Yeah. Given the way it was originally recorded and planned, and if we hadn't had COVID then, it'd been, gosh, that sounds bad. But I think now, because of the way we've all gone through the last year and a bit, we do have that emotional understanding and comprehension and thinking, actually, we can see the scope and scale of this and we can put it into a form of context. Yeah. And I particularly like the fact you've got the MSC, the Marine Space Corps, not Master of Science. Of course. And we get to meet them, and they're not particularly the most pleasant of people either. In fact, we're getting to meet people who aren't the most nice in space. They're not all a bunch of cuddly spacemen. Yeah and all the running about there, the stuff with um, Anya hiding behind a mask and the conversation, I mean, Anya and Leela talking about the Doctor. Very similar to uh, Sarah Jane and, and Rose talking about the Doctor in School Reunion. Very similar to some of the dialogue that, uh, that River and Amy and all that lot sort of had at points. But not too jarring because Louise Jameson and Jane Slaven are just such good actors that they can carry up, they can pull it off. And you, it's it's a weird thing. It's like it's a bit of a conflict of styles in some way because the relationship that the Doctor had with Anya is a very, very much a modern new series sort of relationship, as in you know really believable with emotional investment and this real disappointment. Whereas in the olden days they didn't really go in as deep as that. So again, it's it's an interesting sort of fusion. I didn't feel it went overboard as being a, a Death to Dalek sequel. If they had ended up with two episodes of going through the city, I probably would have been like banging my head off the wall in frustration. It was good and it didn't over-egg it. It was enough of its own story. I think it's probably fair to call it a thematic sequel more than yes, anything. Yes. It takes the basics, some yes. basics from it, like the setting, and then takes it and develops it. And we get the whole, we get a bit more about Exelon culture and the fact that yeah. Bilal's now an elder. And there's a younger, more angry generation who are not happy about yeah. the way things are going and think, yeah, there's a bit of reality in there as well yeah. again. Yeah, very much so. If you listen to the Big Finish podcast of the Benji Nick show, you know that Nick's obviously a huge fan of, of Bilal as well. So it's quite, it's, I, I, must, I must admit, I can affirm myself, not laughing at it, but laughing with it in a way because I'm too used to their impressions of them on the podcast. That way leads to death <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So, but no, it was good. You know, the, you know, the, one of the really good things about it was, you know, obviously I, I mentioned Time Lord Victorious earlier, and we're, if I ever get my finger out and finish reading the second book, we will probably do an episode where we talk about Time Lord Victorious. This, the week that Daylight Protocol and Daylight Universe came out, similar sort of feeling. It really felt like an event because we all love the Tenth Doctor, we all love yep. the Fourth Doctor. The, 
you know, manifestly, the, you know, the two most successful. It was it was quite an exciting couple of days. It was like, oh, right, you know, listening to the listening to the Dalek protocol because DT's coming, you know, and it was nice as a sort of lead into that again, sort of, you know, reintroduction to to Mark and Anya. It was quite an exciting couple of days just having that sort of that new series starting anticipation. Did you, yes. find, did you find that? I found that I was looking forward to it immensely. I you know, was checking my big finish folder in the morning, and then I remembered that I'd got an email telling me when it was going to drop. So like, duh. Which was rather good, but yes, it was still a lovely surprise when they showed up and so quickly. And I think it, there was definitely that event feeling. I mean, I think the Dalek protocol itself, as to what it is, and think that's a yes. really, really nice idea. Yes, that. yes. Again, spoilers. But if you've got this far without uh, avoiding the spoilers, then you're definitely going to please stop now. <laughs> Cannot stress enough. Yep. When we find out that Mark Seven has been captured by the Daleks and reprogrammed, yes, to try and protect all life, yes, which is quite a, it's quite an interesting concept. Yes. And Joe pulls it off incredibly well. Again, I, I feel bad for kind of thinking, oh God, we've got that guy from Broadchurch, he's Robbie B. He was really, really good. And obviously, Johnny minds the Doctor and having it all sorted out. It was quite guest appearance from a seagull. On Exelon. Yes. It was quite satisfying. You know, it was it was exciting. It gave a bit of attention. You don't expect Mark to sort of start acting up and all. Obviously, spoilers again. But it was fine. And again, Tom's really good at this. Really is. It's, it's a pleasure to listen to Tom Baker doing new Doctor Who stories still, and him and Louise and, and John Leeson are still they're perfect together. I'm going to keep saying this more and more Mark Seven and more and more Anya Kingdom, please. <laughs> I completely concur. Cannot disagree with a word of that. I think the fact that Mark gets to have a bit of a dynamic with the Doctor as well, and while he doesn't know Anya's around, so it gives us quite a nice. Yeah. So it sets up the fact they have a future relationship when they meet, yeah. and the Doctor knows the pair of them without. Mm-hmm. Having roads, I think that was quite a clever bit of structural work in there. Yeah, yeah. So all in all, I would say I really enjoyed this. I loved it to the Daleks. It was one of the first Doctor Who VHSs that I got, yeah. as recently right. mentioned. We talked about it before, yeah. And yes, I I enjoyed that. <laughs> anyway, let's move on and enter at long last part one of the Dalek universe. Anya. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Tenth Doctor Adventures, Dalek Universe 1. Time travel. Good idea or not? It's overrated. Anya! Bit dark though, isn't it? Surely if you're going around opening doors, you'd switch on the lights. Maybe those systems were damaged in the crash? Very probably. Mark? Wait, Mark? Mark, I know. Mark Seven? Why send me there? Why do you two? I believe I may have the answer to that conundrum. I think you may have been sent to me because I was investigating George Sheldrake. And he's launching the time tunnels from there at midnight. Midnight? Why is it always the end of the world at midnight? You can trust me. In fact, that's your only option. I'm the foremost temporal scientist of this era. Don't thank me yet. I think we're coming down in the clearance zone. Among all those mechanoids, brace yourselves! Ah, oh, too late, they've opened fire. Ah! It's landing in the next street. Then let's get over there. You too, mechanoid, come on! Visions. There's one in here. Whatever potential chronoclasm this is, it's likely to have been triggered by the activation of the time tunnel. Big finish. We love stories. You're the only one that can help. Without you, it's the end of everything. 
Now we mentioned back in the summer. Oh, that's right. Yes, we did. We had a chat literally minutes after this was announced. We yes. coincidentally decided, let's do an episode when yes. we were having a walk. Yes. Socially distantly, of course. And we were all excited by it. The fact that it was more Anya Kingdom, we didn't know much about Mark at that point. And it just, it just thought, great, David Tennant in a new series. We're looking forward to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, DT's done a few box sets for Big Finish. We're doing the out of time stories where he teams up with the other doctors. He's making an appearance in Torchwood very soon, which we'll probably have to talk about. Yep. But the fact that this was going to be this was the first sort of continuing series box sets that, that David had done for them, which is very exciting. The last few years with the Eighth Doctor series, it's been you know counting the, the minutes till the next box set comes out. And I remember a couple of years ago now, God, it's nearly three years ago, delaying my listing apart to a ravenous so it'd be nearer to Christmas. <laughs> And all that, and just having it sitting, glaring at me, and going, "No, I can't listen to it until the week of Christmas because it's a Christmas story." And I mentioned Doom Coalition briefly, and I remember, you know, a couple of years before that, when when Doom Coalition was coming out, and it was just like it's phenomenal. So the idea of essentially the first, and this has been said in the publicity, the first new Tenth Doctor series since two thousand and eight. You know, it was very, very exciting. And I think DT is just, he's off the charts in this. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's absolutely, he comes into it absolutely burning full of energy. And you think this is very much in that post Planet of the Dead phase when he's travelling on his own and he's just trying to enjoy life as best he can Aye. without getting too attached to, to people having lost Donna, especially. Yeah. And I think it's quite a, you know, it's an interesting place in which to drop him. And of course, it's really. The series is called Dalek Universe, but it's really Terry Nation Universe. Yes. Given yes. the lack of Daleks in this set. Of course, yeah. they do make an appearance. You but know, I've seen a few folks sort of complain about that. Going, oh, how are they calling it Dalek, Dalek Universe if there's no Daleks in it? And I've seen a few online sort of comments. And I thought, well, obviously, they're not going to. They want to create a bit of build up and tension, you know? It's probably yeah. going to be full on Daleks in the last set, and it'll be, you know. People will probably be complaining there's too many Daleks in it. You know what folk are like. My hope that obviously, you know, this is very much the almost the universe of the 1960s Dalek comic strips almost. My hope is that, you know, if this is a Terry Nation universe or, you know, are we going to see the Kraals in box set number three? Are the Vord going to turn up? You know, are we going to go back to Marinus? Are the Kraals going to be on Marinus fighting some <laughs> mechanoids? Wouldn't that be fun? Imagine that in a jigsaw. There's a lot There's a lot of scope there. And it's and it's. I like the idea of, of the Tenth Doctor being taken back to before the Time War. You know, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. The, the whole thing about him being sort of picked up and deposited in this other part of time and then obviously when it, the, the, the circular way he ends up having to do it to himself was just like, oh, spoilers, obviously. You should have listened to it. And if you haven't listened to it, tough. <laughs> um, all that was a lot of fun. In the next minute or so, we're going to be talking about the big spoiler in yes. this set. So please, yes. if you've listened this far and you haven't heard it, please, please, please stop because yeah. you don't want to ruin the spoil and the surprise for yourself because yeah. it is it's so worth it. Yeah. I've been aware from chatting with John Dorney when, about Vortex of this cliffhanger, right. but I had no idea that he was going to drop it in here. Right. I just think, but, but let's 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 yeah. talk about the so, build up so to the cliffhanger the, first. The, the cliffhanger ending to the episode on TV, the stolen Earth, when the Doctor starts to regenerate, and then at the start of the next episode, he obviously channels all the regeneration energy into his handy spare hand, and we get the other Doctor and all that sort of stuff. So they pull a similar trick here, where the Doctor. Apparently seems to be, you know, fatally injured or wounded or whatever. And to all intents and purposes, the Tenth Doctor regenerates into a woman.
and you then get the next episode of Anya and Mark, who at this point, and we're going to talk about this further, don't really know this doctor terribly well, having to get used to a new doctor. And then we get a bit of a twist when it's revealed exactly what has happened. So how did you how did you feel about that that cliffhanger? It stopped me in my tracks. I was out in my walk and I stopped in my tracks and <laughs> exclaimed, "Oh my goodness!" very loudly, mm. which is my general go-to exclamation if something surprises me these days. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Well, that's very CBBC of you, which is wonderful. <laughs> I was I was actually working when I was listening to this and thought I need to listen to this because it dropped on the Wednesday, so I put it on straight away and was doing some less arduous work. But uh, so I was able to listen and concentrate on it. And everything's building up. So we've got the Doctor who meets Mark Seven and Anya, and uh, sort of re-establishing the relationship with them and who he is, and then finding out that Anya was the one who saved him and previously. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll but that point, yeah. but then we get the Doctor regenerates, and you just think. What? Yeah. I mean, literally, it was a what, 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 <laughs> Russell T. Davis moment. Yeah. I was astonished at the ballsy audacity of it because you sort of thought, this early in the box set, you kind of figure that, you know, if DT's on all the publicity and all the covers of all the other ones, they're going to they're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of thinking, right, is it, are they going to, is time you to get rewound? Is it going to be dealt with as a sort of paradox type mm-hmm. sort of situation? How, how does that actually happen? And the moments when Anya has glimpses of the Doctor talking to her and you're not sure if it's from the future or the past or is that a parallel timeline that's being created? Yeah. And then, of course, it turns out... It's another Time Lord entirely. Yeah. It's, it's no the me- longer the meddling monk, it's yeah. the meddling nun. Which was just insane. <laughs> and it was great. In fact, they knew the Doctor and the monks would team up to stop Mark Gatiss's time tunnel experiments. And honestly, every time they said time tunnels, I was imagining um, yep. James Darren and Robert Colbert, you know, <laughs> and their big tinsel drum. It was, it was, it was great. It was, I loved how it, at such an early point in the story, it kind of wrong foots the audience and makes you think, all right, all bets are off here. We don't know what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I hope that continues. I hope they manage to, to do a little bit more of that. I mean, it's very much a Russell T. Davis feel to it. That's what John said in Vortex. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. trying to go for the Russell T. scope and scale of it. But I mean, yeah. imagine if that had been the cliffhanger to episode three and we'd been left waiting months for it to resolve and just think, oh my God, yeah. everybody had been talking about that for a while. Yeah. But you mean, the cliffhanger to episode three is, is, is very good, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect sort of combination of... BF expanded universe approach and the Russell T Davis sort of. I, mean, I was as I was listening to it, I was thinking I can easily imagine watching this over a few consecutive Saturdays and over Christmas two thousand eight and yep. you know during two thousand nine whatever you know mm-hmm. um, DT in the blue suit and all that. It was a lot of fun and you know he it, David is absolutely committed. He's phenomenal. I mean. I remember last time I watched Day of the Doctor just deciding that yes, this is the best ever performance by a returning Doctor and he just like, it's it's so, relief's not the word, but it's just nice to see that he's still so committed to it. Mm-hmm. It's lovely to experience the fact that he still gets the joy and wants to commit and is still, and is not phoning it in, even though in this case he literally was <laughs> because they were recording online, you know what I mean? Yep. He, was, he was terrific. Now, there's one thing I do want to talk about before we go into the episode, the yep. third episode. It kind of hinges a lot of it on the fact that this is the Doctor meeting up again with Anne Kelso for the first time since, you know, the, the Perfect Prisoner, whatever it was called. And... There were some parts of it that didn't really ring terribly true for me. I have to be careful. This is very much my own opinion. This is not a. This is not kind of. Um, we're not an officially sanctioned BF podcast. We love them dearly. We talk about them a lot. I was taken out of it slightly by the Doctor's reaction to Anne because, let's be honest, 
between the Fourth Doctor and the Tenth Doctor, there's been Tristan Farnan, there's been Old Sixty, there's been Doctor McCoy, there's been Paul McGann, cool as, cool as there's been Sir John, and there's been Echoes, and now there's Wee Davy. So that's a lot of bodies, and the way the Doctor was going on about the wound that he seemed to feel because of the the way the Anne Kelso stroke and your kingdom relationship panned out, this, he seemed more upset about that than he ever did about Rose. And, you know, there was an interesting thing on the bonus features when one of the folk involved was sort of talking about it and was saying the plan was, you know, they'd done the stories with Anne and then they brought her back to the Dalek Protocol and there was a plan for a later Doctor. And I just sort of thought, there was moments, there was, there was a point when Davy's Doctor had an instant recall of a scene from the Dalek Protocol and it was like, the woman in the mask? And you sort of thought, mate, that's six bodies ago. I struggle to think what I did on Monday. We're Kenny and I recording this on a Thursday. So what did I do on Monday? I went to the post office. That's what I did on Monday. You know, and I was slightly... I've said this many times now. It's becoming one of my catchphrases. I'm not a fan of stories that are built around continuity and and that as a foundation. And I just felt this, it distracted me. If there'd been a little bit, a few more moments of maybe the 10th Doctor, oh, hang on, don't tell me. Oh, oh, oh. And your kingdom, something like that, instead of the instant recall, and the, and it made me think that you know, would it have worked better with the fifth Doctor? Would it have, you know, from that point of view, would it have worked better with the sixth Doctor? Why didn't they just do it with the fourth Doctor? If the wound is so raw, why didn't they just do another story with Tom, set a little bit further along his timeline? That would have worked. But obviously, DT is box office. DT was available because of COVID and all that. So you know, you're not going to question it. I just felt it was too. I'm not a fan of when the Doctor behaves like a Doctor Who fan and has instant recall of every single story and every single plot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the Doctor instantly recalling, because I think I tweeted saying, what, did he only listen to the CD yesterday? <laughs> and I, I know it because I listened to the CD yesterday. I, you know, it it kind of took me out of it and I found it a little, for all, you know, for this is Doctor Who, and if I say I found it a little bit unbelievable, that's probably overstating it. But I just sort of thought, no, you could have diluted that a little bit, guys, and... I mean, David played it phenomenally, but he played it very. He played it a little too believably, in as much as I think for something that happened to the Doctor six bodies ago, that's quite a long time to get over it. See, the way that I read it, as I often do like to read things, is that given that the Doctor's just lost Donna, he's feeling feeling very emotionally raw. And he probably has been thinking about his old friends. And what is one of the things he does when he that claims his reward further down that's, the line? That's true. He claims his reward that's and goes true. back and sees all his that's, old companions. Yeah, that's very and reasonable. And perhaps yeah. with this, this has opened up the wounds and he's been thinking about other old friends who he's lost. And perhaps that's having lost Donna that way so sharply and so quickly, he yeah. lost Anne, who he absolutely loved to bits as well. And perhaps that's what he had in mind. That's And also the other thing you've got to remember is... And I think it was Gareth Roberts said it in his one of his DWM pieces is that the tenth Doctor is the Doctor whose mind is the sharpest and works the best. There's not so much befuddlement around it. He's very much the most analytical, and he's the he's perhaps the best functioning Doctor of them all in yeah. so many ways. I mean that's reasonable. That's fair. That that works to a point. But I just thought you know I you know mm, I can't. I, it's, it was it was a it was a big stumbling point for me, and that's 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 a good rationalisation, a good explanation for it. That I, that that kind of works in your and I did think about the whole thing when he, especially when Matt, the Matt Smith Doctor guest starred in Sarah Jane Adventures and said I mean visited all his old friends and I sort of thought, all right, yeah, because even at the time I thought it was a bit overdone, you know, 
going to get the book signed by what's her face and you know waving to Mickey and Martha I thought oh god come on Davy you know he's a, he's a the tenth I mean he you know he doesn't do himself a lot of favours does he the tenth doctor he just tend to wallow a little bit in the misery come on get up go and, go and get a football and go and buy a puppy and play in some grass with it you know you know live in the moment stop dwelling on this I just felt it was sort of it just struck me and I, I found myself questioning why they didn't do more of that mm. Given the 10th Doctor, the way he was born, in inverted commas, he was born into the Tyler family. And family is a big part of thing, obviously. Yeah, that, the way aye, things that's continued. True. Yeah, I. And it seems appropriate that from having, you know, thinking about his own family with his companions, he then goes to meet Anya's family in. Yes. In the yes. next part. Yes. The final part of this by Andrew Smith. I have to say, I've really enjoyed it. The fact getting to understand, you know, who is Anya related mm. to Brett and Sarah, and Andy had that worked out during his writing mm-hmm. of the script. I particularly enjoyed you know, meeting Merrick Kingdom, Kevin McNally, for goodness' sake. Kevin McNally's fantastic. You know, I, I love the fact that Kevin McNally is still happy to be involved with with Doctor Who. You know, and proud did, about it. Yeah, it did turn the lemma, and he's. I remember still. I remember so clearly, it, just expecting, you know, Hugo to go with the Doctor and Perry. Mm-hmm. It just like, oh, it seemed to be that you know that's what they were setting up, and it would have been very interesting. And you know, he did Toby Haydock's Who's Round podcast years ago, and it was absolutely hilarious. If you haven't heard that episode, listeners, check it out. It's very, very funny, and it's great that you know because he's a big name, he's got mm-hmm. a lot of clout, and he's had a brilliant career. He probably doesn't need to do to do no. this, so it's nice that he does. And he's, he's, as you say, he's terrific. It was interesting. I think good for for Jane to to have that to deal with, and good for Anya to have have that bit of development. Again, part of me still sort of. At the Doctor talking about the events of the Dalek Master Plan because Doctor Who fans know about this. If this had been on TV, would they have gone quite as deep on the continuity references as that? It's interesting having the, the Brett and Sarah stuff talked about. Yeah. I like the fact that the Doctor sort of he hints that, oh yeah, and but he doesn't explicitly say mm. that, oh yeah, I was there, here's what happened. And I think hopefully that's something that's going to be revealed further down the line. Yeah, I think so. I think they probably will touch on it. And again, that takes me back to just the slight sense of exasperation I have with stories that are built on continuity as their foundation it's probably a symptom of me getting older more than anything else it, um, I just hope they don't over egg it I hope it doesn't get in the way of telling the main story that they're trying to do but you yeah. know we talked about the mechanoids in the, the River Song story it was nice to have the mechanoids such a big part of this one and again another really good story for Mark so yeah I mean our Andy Smith friend of this parish did a great job yeah I think particularly the fact we've got mechanoids operating as mechanoids, they're not being reprogrammed to be used as an army yes. or anything like that. Yes. I think the fact they are being used as what they were originally planned to be yeah. to build colonies. Yeah. And I think the fact you know, Merrick, the fact that he names one of them as well, calls Archie and you know, humanizes them and think that mm. that's a very much uh, what they would have done in T V if that had been the yeah. kind of thing they've you know, well, yeah. humanized <clears throat> a lump of metal. Definitely, absolutely. And it's very easy to imagine this one being on T V back in you know two thousand and nine or whatever. You can imagine them using yet another unused factory or disused factory in Cardiff as the back as the location yep. for some of it. I loved all the stuff when when they were in danger of being, you know, terraformed. Mm-hmm. When everyone sort of got dropped down and the even the stuff with the you know the space pirates being turned into vagra plants is good use of of the Terry Nation. I mean they should be calling it really I felt they should be calling it Terry Nation stroke Dennis Spooner universe. <laughs> because it, it, you know it's it's absolutely set, you know, in that that world of the Dalek Master Plan. Yep, very evocative of that. And you can, you know, and I can get over over my hang up of enough to kind of to embrace it and celebrate it because I I love the Dalek Master Plan. It's an excellent story. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of time for it. It's probably it's up there on my wants list for most wanted missing episodes. Mm-hmm. 
joyous. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear more about our missing episode, Wants and Loves, <laughs> have a look at the website, find our old yeah, episode. We've done that already. So it was great, and it, you know, all the stuff, having Kevin McNally there, and you know, that offset the slight, for me, slightly cliny nature of dealing with the continuity stuff of, of Brett and Sarah. It's weird, I mean, if they, again, if this had been done on TV, I'm not sure how they would have approached that, because DT's time on, on the programme on television it was when it was still you know a massive cross sort of appeal popular success when everyone was watching it and they didn't really do a lot of deep dive continuity stuff so if mm-hmm. it had been on television it would have been interesting to see how they'd approach that because obviously us as Doctor Who fans we know who the characters of Brett of Iron and Sarah mm-hmm. Kingdom are but the general audience probably wouldn't so they probably would have had to have handled that differently maybe a little I'm sure they would have pulled it off in such a way as to make us know that the Doctor knew these people in the past yep. that's all you really know and I guess they probably will address it in later episodes there probably will be something mm-hmm. when a big reveal an yeah, emotional be a reveal that turn the, the first Doctor was you know, because there is a yeah. lot of moment when I mean, only listened to it last week I can't remember but <laughs> there, is, there is a mo- there is a good stuff at the start Mark and, and you have to reconcile the fact this is the same guys they met yep. on you know, with Exelon and all that sort of stuff and um and they make am I right in thinking they made a reference to the first doctor as well? Yep. The, the older the old guy man with white hair. Yeah. I'm sure that yeah. I wasn't sure if I'd imagined that or not. So that's that's good to know. I mean, all that sort of stuff. You know, that's what dialogue is useful yep. for covering mm-hmm. those sort of maybe clunky moments, I suppose. Yeah. Excellent. All in all, I really enjoyed it and a, yeah. and a cliffhanger ending. Cliffhanger ending. What is Mark up to? That is the question. Yeah. So it's what is it July that it's due out? Uh, this is April, May, June. Yes, three months' time from oh. now, July. So, oh. well, we're, you'll be listening to this in May, but we're time travelling. We're speaking to you from April. Yes, so there's plenty of time to, if you haven't got hold of the box, if you've listened to our spoiler filled conversation and haven't heard it yet, then it gives you plenty of time to, to check it out. And it's worth it, it really is. Absolutely. You know, BF should be should be paying us a sub, they really should, for <laughs> additional promotion. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll be back in three months' time when we will be discussing Dalek Universe 2, but obviously we'll be back next week as well. I've enjoyed our little trip into the lands of Terry Nation. Yes, and again, you know, mark my words, folks. I wonder, will we see the Kraals? Will there be a reveal of the Kraals and the Vord before we do our next episode and we talk about it? Let's hope so. It'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. It's a good plan, Stukron, <laughs> and all that. We know that we've got River Song, and we know that we've got Mavellans to the quality, right, and Davros. That's right, yeah. That is going to be fascinating to see how all that plays out. Yeah. Mm. I look forward to it very much well I'll be there will you be there Dave oh yeah I pre-ordered the bundle ages ago Ken. yay <laughs> I'm in I'm quids in I'm, I'm, Excellent. I'm invested fantastic <laughs> well thank you very much for listening to us today everybody special shout out to Madison Stewart you're a top chat man and a special shout out to Melvin for being the only person to reply to Kenny's appeal for tweets and opinions so I'm glad you enjoyed it too matey well, well, maybe I'll hit you up in the DMs and we can have a proper conversation about it. Well, remember, of course, that you can follow us on social media like Melvin does. We are on Twitter at Power of Three Pod. We are on Instagram as the Earth Two Podcast. No, that's not right. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook as well, and our website is powerofthreepod.com. And remember, that's the number three, not written out in full. Yep. So we'll be back very soon with some more exciting adventures in time and space. Dave, what are we going to have to play us out today? Kenny, I'm glad you asked. We're playing out with Landing of the Daleks.